Hello and welcome to episode seven of the Roughed Up Podcast. Joined as usual uh, by my friends Matt Armstrong, yo, and Mike Roy, who's returned to us from uh, Disney World. Is that right? That's right. Good to be back. How was it? Haven't been to Disney World in uh, many, many years, but uh, always a big Disney fan over here. Oh yeah, it's huge. Always what are the changing? Yeah, stuff in the bars. What are what are the new what are the new highlights? What are the things that uh, got you out to Florida? So the big thing that we're all looking forward to was the opening of uh, Avatar Land mm. or uh, Pandora. Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty cool. Did they get uh, uh, Pandora to sponsor any of that or no? Uh, well, James Cameron helped like build the park okay. uh, with Disney. But I mean, like they have a bunch of money, so they don't need help funding. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did it sweet. live up to expectations? And surpassed. Really? And surpassed them, yeah. What were the key things? Is it like mostly rides or like just experiences? Like... Uh, there's two new rides, like a slow boat ride, like a pirate's ride, and then the flagship ride, which is like Soren. If you guys know Soren, um, like you get strapped in a seat and kind of soar through different landscapes. That's Soren, but this ride at Pandora was like Soren on crack. Like you get like you board this scooter vehicle, so it's all personalized. Like it feels like it's tailored right for you and then you and like a thousand other people it feels like all go soaring on the back of a banshee so it's like the thing that you're on like moves and breathes as though like you're on a banshee and it's pretty amazing wow like uh is it kind of like a virtual reality experience and kind of that's kind of what i'm envisioning yeah kind of like you're wearing glasses and the thing around like moves in different directions and the whole room that you're in moves forward and backward and up and down so it's really like you're soaring dipping diving rolling um it's it's just pretty exhilarating and like they blow wind in your face and water and stuff so like yeah, incense <laughs> yeah i'm sure incense i'm sure it's gotten a lot better than uh when i remember going to disney disney world when i was a kid um it had one of those like virtual reality experiences where i think it was honey i shrunk the kids and i just distinctly remember yeah. Yeah, they, they had, like, a little straw under the seat that would, like, blow air on your legs to be, like, mice or something. Um, but my seat was, was broken, and so rather than just have the air blowing on my legs, I actually had the full straw, like, violently whipping the back of my legs. And I was wearing shorts because you're in Orlando, so it's hot. Um, and I just remember, like, getting whipped by this thing over and over, and I was like, this is too real. <laughs> so... Good recommendation then. And Disney World versus Disneyland, is there a conclusive? Uh... Eh, I mean, like one is like World is so much more like exhausting. Like you need a week there to see like the fourteen <laughs> parks, and yeah, so it's it's just a different trip. Like you can go to LA and like for next weekend, and or it's like Florida like, for a week. So it's it's different. You have to plan for Florida. Yeah, and what's and is it? It's still warm down there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. like 75, 80. No kidding. Wow. That's great. Well, we're uh, glad, glad you had a good time, and we're, we're glad to have you back for, for this episode. So, Cool. All right. Well, with that, let's, uh, let's get started. We ha- we'll do, as usual, the, uh, the primetime games, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll do, do a pick of our own um, as we go on, and then we have a special guest joining us later in the pod. Uh, real quick before we do get started, um, how did we do last week? And picks, I, bets. Pretty much all the picks that I offered lost, so other than the Bengals first half, but that was uh, to salvage the week. Yeah, Roy, did you? Uh, how'd you do? Pick them. I had a good week. I went ten and six. All right. Um, yeah, 
pretty well. And looking at the overall rankings for our big pick'em league, I've overtaken you now. So I'm the resident expert on this. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt about that. I've really—it's uh, been a free fall for me, I, coinciding somewhat with this podcast. So I'm not sure how many, <laughs> how much longer I'll be, I'll be on the show. But uh, yeah, I've a month and a half of, of favorites just barreling through the NFL and covering like nonstop. That kind of screwed me. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I mean, I've been obviously heavy on like, you know, I've been a dog better for a while now and uh, they've really not held up their end of the bargain through November. It was a, a definitely a rough, a rough one for, for me and, and from what, I, what I've gathered from the books as well. So hard to say. Uh, hopefully that turns around. But I, I think last year it was kind of like this too. November, December was really tough on the books and then it kind of went back... Uh, Went back their way, and a lot of uh, you know the lines started to play in. But yeah, some pretty amazing covers with uh, the big point spreads not seeming to matter. So we'll uh, we'll get into it this week, uh, and we'll go in order starting Thursday night. Uh, good Thursday night game, very out of the ordinary. It feels like uh, New Orleans at Atlanta. So the Saints are two point favorites against the Falcons. Saints uh, bouncing back nicely last week with a big win against the Panthers. Uh, Falcons lost a tough game. Offense, you know, really kind of didn't show up. Uh, only scoring nine points against the Vikings, who we'll talk about later. But they seem like the real deal at ten and two now. But it's uh, Falcons Saints in Atlanta. Atlanta, a slight home underdog at two points. Roy, welcome back. Who do you like here? So um, this Atlanta squad is kind of confusing. Like I really was on them last week heavy as a strong play. I think that they had a good spot at home against Minnesota, and I thought it was like a letdown spot for Minnesota, and um, watching that game, it was just like, how could they not target Julio? How could they not move the ball and score anything? It was just like frustrating watching this Falcons offense flounder around on the field. So I actually think that New Orleans is scarier than Minnesota. Um so I wasn't really afraid of, of Minnesota. So now in comes New Orleans, and it's like, is this the same spot for Atlanta? Like, another good spot at home. They have time to recover and try to figure out how to throw the ball to Julio Jones. And it's New Orleans on the road. So you kind of factor those things together. It's like, well, the Saints, they, after their big win streak, you know, they, they faltered, then they won. Um, so they're human, and I think that here is another good spot for the Falcons, at least on paper. It looks like they have a good chance to sort of climb back in the race of the division and show that they're not just like a punching bag. And so in this case, I do lean the Falcons. It's not a strong play because, of course, the Saints can easily put a points, and it seems like the Falcons have no home field advantage in that Superdome, which apparently I heard the roof is broken and can't open or close or something. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the Falcons have all kinds of problems, and who knows if this Saints defense, which is actually good this year, is the right fix for this uh, Falcons offense, this potent offense, but it's a slightly into Atlanta just because they're home, this is a good spot, the Saints on the road should struggle, but obviously they're running the ball like crazy, so it's not a strong play, but I do like Falcons getting home, uh, home points. Yeah, Falcons definitely known as a team with a good home field advantage, so to see them lose two in a row... Uh would be would be pretty big yeah yeah i was surprised last week i liked uh i liked the falcons as well so definitely seems like uh, a must-win kind of game for them at seven and five they are right now on the outside looking in um third place in the in the nfc south very tough nfc south but if they want a shot at a wild card they're really going to need to uh to pick this one up 
Army? Yeah, I, uh, I think the Saints uh, just kind of ran into a buzzsaw when they went to, went west against LA and Seattle. Um, I think they're definitely the team of the division. They got uh, they feasted on on the Panthers. I think the Saints are good here for two points. Well, all right. I was inclined to lean Atlanta as well. I think given the spot, um, you know, I talked about why. Uh, you know, buzz of of the Rams. That was a, that was kind of a really bad spot for them. Rams had that tough loss against the Vikings. I think this is um, this is a good spot for Atlanta. Having Saints and Panthers have played, of course, last week. Um, that was a big game for the Saints. They got up for that. Going on the road, Atlanta. I think this is their last stand. Uh, odd leans again, like you, uh, Roy. Kind of a slight lean, uh, but t- given the points at home, I-, I-, I like them a little bit more than I like the Saints. Uh, but yeah, not a not a strong play for sure. The Saints do look like the real deal. The running game is pretty remarkable. Uh, Kamara, that guy is just a monster. Yeah. It uh, so not a, not a strong play here. All right, let's take it down to Sunday night. And Sunday night is another rivalry game. It's the Ravens at the Steelers. Uh, the old days, this would have been old days of this rivalry would have been automatic three point home favorite. Uh, but in this case, the Pittsburgh Steelers at ten and two. Are five and a half point favorite over the Ravens, who don't really make sense. And actually, both these teams don't really make sense to me. I, I should really start avoiding both of them because they are just both Jekyll and Hyde type teams for me. Uh, Ravens with an excellent defense, uh, three shutouts. I believe that leads the league. Uh, but Joe Flacco, very inconsistent quarterback. Roethlisberger on the Steelers side, equally inconsistent in my eyes, uh, with higher highs and uh, a more potent offense, but hard to. Hard to think the Ravens won't get up for a, for a Sunday night football game. Uh, Army, why don't you take the lead on this one? Um, yeah, I think uh, Ravens coming off a three-game win streak. Um, you look at the total at 43, it's kind of low. Um, you traditionally would think of these teams as, you know, hard-hitting defenses. Uh, Pittsburgh, you know, definitely took their licks against uh, Cincinnati. Might be a little wounded coming in. Um I think I like uh, Baltimore here. I think it's a field goal game, and if you're getting close to six, you're you're probably getting the right number. Yep, Roy, what do you think? Yeah, it's just chalk it up to AFC North football. Oh my god, that game last night. Did you guys watch that? Yeah, we should talk about that. That was a real spectacle. Yeah, maybe uh, if there's any prop bets for you know personal fouls thrown uh, in this game. But, I mean, are there any uh, Steelers left standing? Those guys took a beating. Yeah, I know. I, I think, uh, yeah, there's definitely a good chance, uh, as Marco would say, a letdown here after such a an emotional game with Shazier going down. Everyone, you know, huddles back to the tunnel, um, mostly thinking about their player, and then there's there's got to be some lingering thoughts. Apparently, uh, Shazier has some movement in his lower extremities, which is good to hear. Um, but there were definitely some some battered heads that are probably still ringing uh, as of Tuesday. So I, I think it's probably best to go with a team that didn't take a, a, a beating. Um, yeah, well. no doubt, no doubt. I, I I do lean Baltimore, given all those points. I think Pittsburgh can Jekyll and Hyde. They seem to bounce back from week to week. Strong showing, weak showing, strong showing, weak showing. Um, and last night, I guess you could say it was a strong showing, you know, down 17 points late in the game and make a run for it on the road, a tough environment. Um, I, I just think that, yeah, with how beat up they are mentally, physically, Baltimore's good defense, and this is just another close AFC North game. 
and Baltimore is fighting for a playoff spot too. Like they gave something to play for. Pittsburgh is uh, obviously out in front. And I think that they look ahead to um, next weekend to the Patriots. So they have a rough schedule with primetime game Bengals, primetime game heater, then the Pats. So this is a nice little sandwich spot where Baltimore can sneak in, maybe steal a win, at least make it a field goal game. I think the five and a half or six is way too many points. Yeah, Ravens do. Uh, they did lose Jimmy Smith with uh, a torn Achilles, um, so they're not they're not without their own in- uh, injuries. But the Steelers, Juju uh, Smith Schuster suspended for the the big hit on um, Vontae's perfect, and then Ryan Stazier, of course, injured um, the the triple back injury. So. I, I'm with you guys. I think Ravens are the spot. This is a good spot for them. Five and a half seems like too much. Probably goes to six. Um, yeah, I, <clears throat> it's it's interesting. I I think the Ravens they started off the season so poorly with uh, you know kind of a let's see they were what three and four at one point uh, had a couple bad losses. Lost to the Bears. Got blown out by the Jags. Uh, lost big to the Steelers. But I think that's kind of painted a picture of them as like not a good team. This team has actually scored one point less than the Steelers and allowed six points less than the Steelers. So they actually have a better differential than the 10-2 and two Steelers. So I think this is actually hard, as hard as it is for me to say because this is a team I've, I've been against most weeks. This is actually a pretty good team. Um, and I think five and a half is too much. You're getting value there. Uh, field goal game seems right for you know, a strong defense that you can support. And really, Big Ben didn't look very good to me against the Bengals. Um, and I don't see any reason why after that game you would expect him to, to look any better against uh, an even stronger defense. Yep. All right. Well, let's go to Monday night. It's uh, not quite as good a matchup, but it's the Patriots against the Dolphins. Patriots 11.5-point favorite in Miami. Uh, Pats on a big winning streak. They've won eight in a row now. Uh, still looking to um, you know keep that going so that they could potentially lock up home field, but... Uh, Dolphins fading fast, uh, five and seven out of the playoffs again. Um, beat up pretty bad uh, physically. There, you know, Cutler's been uh, taking a real beating in his return, but eleven and a half is a lot of points. Um, on this one, I would say I, I do lean Dolphins. I think uh, Pats covered a, a big spread last week at Buffalo. They have not been great in Miami historically, but that's really all you're leaning on, right? So I'm. You know, weak lean to the Dolphins. Not sure I'll be in on this one. If it goes to 13, I think I just take the number and and uh, and hope they keep it close. But yeah, very weak, very weak lean here on the Dolphins. No Gronkowski for the Pats uh, suspended for his uh, uncharacteristic, I would say, dirty hit. I don't know how you guys feel about him, but uh, pretty pretty nasty play there. Um, but I say they keep. I'll say the Dolphins can can keep it close and low scoring, and they'll bring it on Monday night. Yeah, I, th- I think you're going to have to uh, throw away the game that you saw last week for Miami playing the Broncos. That is not a football team anymore. Um, there were a lot of, you know, trash points that were put up. Um, pretty much looks like the defensive side has also given up. Um, and you're not going to get any points from Denver. So even looking at last week, you'd be like, oh, Miami, you know, still might be a fighting chance here. Um, I think, yes, 11 and a half is very high. Um, the Pats are still really, really good. Um, I actually will probably take the Pats in this game. Uh, I know you, you, you'd go on historically, you know, Miami gets up for these games, but they're not a good team. Um, they're not going to score any points. Uh, New England's defense actually has recovered from their pretty piss-poor first half of the year. 
Um, I think uh, that's two touchdowns isn't too hard for Tom to put up. Tom's healthy. He did take some big hits last week. But yeah, nothing. He's been a camp, uh, He's had like a back back injury. But if I recall, he, you know, as long as he doesn't get hit, um, I think two touchdowns isn't too hard for them to get. Yeah, I'm. I'm as as always the the usual disclaimer. You don't get rich betting against uh, Brady and the Pats. Yeah, it's how many points is enough or is too much just to keep laying like with these Pats teams and these Pats lines are just getting crazy and it's like and they still cover I mean it's a weak lead in Miami just because the number is so high and it's a primetime game they're at home they're, you think that they're going to get up for this game and put up a fight but you know Brady could easily touch down at the end of the half touch down you know sort of like do these just chain points and he goes out of control quickly uh I don't know. I mean, it's a total coin flip. I just, it's a weak lean, like you said, West, just Miami, because it's home dog getting so many points. But it's like, I keep betting against the Patriots and I keep losing. So who knows what I'm doing? <laughs> and we talked about, you know, the Steelers looking ahead to the Pats. I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, I don't think you'd get anyone in their camp to admit this, but Pats could be looking ahead to that game with the Steelers, too. That's, that's really going to be a, probably the decider for home field advantage. And no Gronk is pretty big, too. So. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's let's get our picks in for the week. We got some really interesting lines here. I might just run through kind of a list of them, and then we'll we'll kind of pick our games. But uh, Packers, Browns, Packers minus three and a half. Seahawks, Jaguars, Jaguars minus three. Niners are three point underdogs at the Texans. Bears are six point underdogs at the Bengals. Panthers three point home underdogs against the Vikings. Raiders are four point underdogs on the road at Kansas City. Jets are one-point favorites at Denver. Redskins are six-point underdogs at the Chargers. I lost my momentum, sorry. <laughs> Cardinals, uh, three-point underdogs at home against Tennessee. Dallas is a six-point favorite at New York. Giants, Philadelphia, a two-point underdog at the Rams. We talked about Ravens-Steelers, and we talked about um, Pats-Dolphins. Roy, as our returning, uh, returning member, you want to take the first shot here? Heck yeah. So there's two games that I kind of have circled. Um, and this is a historic moment on the podcast where Roy is back on the Bears. Let's go. Oh! <laughs> um, I, I think it's it's really obvious that Cincinnati, how beat up they are, just tail between the legs, and that just emotional letdown after being up 17 points. Um, how they like? How can you lay points? With Andy Dalton and his offense, it's it's. I don't see like who's going to score. I mean, Mixon left with a concussion. I think. I don't know if he's going to be back. Um, Brandon Lafell can't catch the football. AJ Green had uncharacteristic drops. It's just like this team should not be laying that many points. I think it's simple as that. Bears um, catching six and a half. What I see, or maybe more, or six. Um, that's a lot of points. Uh, I think. The other game that I want to just give a nod to is Jacksonville-Seattle. Also, I don't see how you can have confidence laying points with Blake Bortles. Um, <laughs> with the Seattle team, that's that's pretty darn good. Uh, even though their defense is missing some pieces, it's it's the Russell Wilson show. And give me points on Russell Wilson, and that, and that defense is still solid. Yeah, all day. So 
again, it's like laying points with these terrible offenses. I just don't see confidence in Bortles, Cincinnati. It, it's yeah. So give me the Bears and the and the Hawks. Oh, I like I like the Bears for all the reasons you stated, which were all basically anti-Bengal reasons. Uh, they really they looked they looked like they quit uh, in the fourth quarter. That was one of the worst performances to close out a game I've I've seen in a while. Um, but at the same time, the Bears look like they've quit too. So it's hard for me yeah. to think that they're going to get up for this game. I, I think you that's a stay away uh, for me. That touchdown, Le'Veon Bell, down the sidelines when those two defenders just stood there watching him go by. It's it's really it was a sad, that sad, awesome. <laughs> sad, sad performance for a team that again is not going to not going to yeah. deliver. Um, that Jaguars Seahawks game is interesting to me. I I feel like this is a little yeah, bit of a I, trap. I feel like it's a little bit of a trap, though. I mean, Seahawks primetime looked great. They look like the Seahawks of old, and now you're now people are, you're going to get them with points. It feels like people are going to jump on that, but it uh, feels like a trap. I'm 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 wary. I'm wary on that one. And then you realize who's throwing the football for Jacksonville? It's Blake Bortles. I'm like, oh, cool, yeah. That I'm defense is no joke, though, man. That defense is no joke. 178 points allowed. That is the best in the NFL. Pretty. Pretty damn good defense. And... So I'll, I'll jump in on both points. Uh, the Cincinnati team, obviously, uh, we said coming in last week was probably their their Super Bowl, um, going against the Steelers, possibly knocking them out of home field advantage at home. Um, they're not looking like they're a playoff team, obviously. Um, so there's going to be a huge mental letdown, let alone that they don't have a really good mental capacity within the game anyway. Um, the Bears cannot score points. That's why you see the total at 37, which is, like, not an NFL number. Um, it's kind of interesting that it's so high. Um, this is back-to-back weeks where Cincy has had um, relatively favorable numbers. I'm not sure why Vegas has liked them. Obviously, they covered um, last week, but they're not really scoring, so I don't see why it's so high. Um, I kind of like the Bears there. That that's fair. Their defense is pretty good, but they're just not they're not moving the ball. So you're really you're hoping that Cincinnati doesn't put up a couple quick scores and Chicago just gives up. Um, with the Seattle Jacksonville game, um, I think this is uh, yeah you're probably gonna get trapped here because you saw Seattle look really really good at home, uh, beat a NFC favorite, um, but they're going cross country against an actually good team. Um, it's not so easy to say that Seattle's just going to walk walk right out of there and win the game. Um, I think it's um, it's fair to say that Seattle's defense is good. Um, they're well coached, but they're still missing a ton of players. Um, another you know hard hitting game. Uh, I don't I don't think I really like Seattle there. Uh, as for um, my favorite for the week is probably. Uh, Los Angeles um, playing the Eagles. Mm. Uh, they're two-point dogs at home, but they've, uh, they're going in the right direction. I think Philly has proven themselves as world beaters against... Uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Rams are two-point favorites in this game. Right, right, right. Yeah, okay. Um, they're favorites, and they, they, do, they deserve it. I think um, Philly proved themselves that they, they, they can beat the bad teams uh, pretty easily. Um, it's just they haven't shown up very, very, um, very well against the actual good teams of the league. Um, their division is faulty, um, so I think 
it's relatively close enough to a pick that I think the Rams are just going to win this game. So, uh, I think that's a pretty easy bet for me. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm a I'm a known Rams lover here, but I I'm going against Philadelphia to to lose two games in a row is, is a big statement, given how well they've played and how how strong uh, Wentz has been. Um, so. Take a, we'll take a good look at that one. I'm going to go to you and you picked probably the most interesting and competitive game of the week. I'll go to one that I don't think anybody should watch. I definitely won't be watching, but I think the line is wrong here. And that's Cowboys at Giants. Uh, Giants with a new coach, new GM, uh, new quarterback who is the same old quarterback, um, and Eli Manning. So I am going to take the Giants here in the six. I think that is a, a lot of points for in, in interdivision game in New York. Um, Eli's return, I'm going to play into the narrative a little bit there and say the team gets up for him. They get up for the new coach. I think the Cowboys uh, are more the team that lost the, the, three, the two or three games when Ezekiel Elliott went out than they are the team that, that blew out the Redskins last week. Um, on the road here, I like the Giants uh, in the six. Um, and give me the money line. I think they win the game. Yikes. I mean, Eli was removed for, like, some on-field reasonings. He was not he's, – he's a mediocre quarterback on a bad team. So, you know, I can't really blame him for, you know, why they're bad. But, uh, yeah, I totally agree with you're not going to really like having money in on that game. It's such a circus of a team. It, it's, like, it, it's hard to, to lay – or to have any confidence in, like, what's going to – show up on the field like what product is they going to see yeah i don't think you can uh have much expectations for, for either team here uh you know Dak prescott i think i saw that since elliot's been suspended uh he rates uh right next to deshaun kaiser as a i think at like 33rd in the league at uh pass efficiency so it's uh it's not the cowboys uh, of last year for sure and, and if, especially with some of the injuries they've had sean lee uh perennially injured um, I I don't think I think six on the road for that team is is not is not right. Cowboys are not good enough to be spotting six to anyone as a road favorite. They're still in the fight, right, for playoff position? Or no, this team is, I don't think so. This no. team's done. I, I I don't see it at all. I think, and I and as someone who has rooted for the Cowboys in the past, I I hope they actually they don't come, end up anywhere close. I think Garrett is uh, he needs to go. That guy is really. He's, I, I love that he has a nickname now. People can point to it as, you know, the clapper. Uh, his his uh, his inability to make, not even to make halftime adjustments, to, to, to not make bad halftime adjustments has really hurt this team for a long time. I remember uh, back when they had DeMarco Murray in the, and, and they were, you know, really starting to ramp up under Garrett, like, there was there was a game I remember he had, like, over 100 yards in the first half, and then he had, like, four carries in the second half, and they, they threw the game. And it's like just incomprehensible changes to how the team is run that um, that's been holding them back. I mean, you know, to Jerry Jones' credit, like they've built some good teams, some very talented teams, uh, and I think it's it's time for them to get a real coach. Yeah. All right. Well, then let's bring in our special. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Fire it up. Just a, so this is a anti-Jacksonville rant, real quick, just to prove my point. I think. <laughs> Um, so Jacksonville. <clears throat> so first six games of the season, they're three and three, and they face some tough teams. So they're three and three, a 500 team. And then for the next six weeks, here's who they faced: Colts, Bengals, Chargers, Browns, Cardinals, Colts, and they go five and one. So record they're eight and four and look like world beaters, but 
they haven't faced anyone in the last six weeks, and now they get the Seattle Seahawks and a very good defense. Um, I think it's a little misleading their eight and four record and just last six weeks. Yeah, they're five and one, but they haven't beaten anyone. So um, I, I I think it's it's a trap line, but I, I just yeah I, I think I like Seattle a, a lot a lot here. Playing the uh, strength of schedule card. All right. Well, <laughs> that's been a dangerous spot for me in the past. Uh, Seattle on the road, but but uh, yeah, we'll see we'll see where that one goes. And with that, let's bring on our special guest. Are you ready? All right, Olivia, Olivia Fawn, thank you for joining us. Hi, everybody. So uh, I'm going to give you the headphones, and then I'm going to let you pick the game that you would like. Broncos, Jets. Broncos are a one-point home underdog at the Jets. Take it away. Take Clemson. Oh, no. We're, we're not going for the Broncos because they suck. Denver sucks, guys. Just kidding. Kinda. How do you feel about this run that they've been on the last several weeks? <sighs> just give up. Just quit. Turn in your uniforms. Call it a season, <laughs> and bounce because you're not doing so hot. You're not gonna. You're not gonna go anywhere with it. So eight straight losses for the Broncos. It's gonna be nine soon. So <laughs> why bother? There it is. Hey, so man. the money line call here. <laughs> it's true, guys. Don't ever go for the Broncos. It's over for them. Great choice. <laughs> Is that it? All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Our special guest, Olivia Fawn. Thanks for joining the Roughed Up Podcast. You're welcome. Beautiful. All right. I hope you don't um, choose the Broncos. <laughs> Not sure how her feelings are on this game, but uh, <laughs> we can certainly keep our eyes on it. Say about, I mean, like, you know, they, they've, they've cycled through three quarterbacks now and they're back with Simeon and Simeon looked completely lost last week against uh, Miami. That was embarrassing. Almost a uh, Nathan Peterman like. <laughs> it's quite a low. Um, there's nothing to like about this team. And the Jets, they look like fighters. Like they're on paper pretty bad. And as we've been saying uh, for in previous weeks that the Jets were projected to have zero wins. So what they've overachieved that is I think um, I don't want to put too much credit on Todd Bowles because he's pretty bad too he looks completely dumbfounded on the side <laughs> of it. but uh, for some reason these guys are, are trying um, they, they still end up coughing up games because they they're a bad team but I, I think uh, even in Denver this is uh, I think a pretty good bet on, on the Jets I give uh, Josh McCown a lot of credit you know, it feels like he's he's really busting his ass out there. I mean, I see this guy, he's you know, 38 years old, and he's scrambling for first downs. And you can see the offensive linemen have kind of, they've got his back. And it's pretty impressive for a guy who's never really had a home. I mean, he's never been the guy. He's always been sort of a, a backup and a placeholder. But uh, this team seems to stand up behind him. And, uh, yeah, fair point on, on Bulls. That's a guy I, I like to make fun of, his appearance on the sideline just Constantly looking confused. If if Jason Garrett is the clapper, he's the yeah dumbfounded. I don't know what the what the what the term would be for him, but he's got a, a real look of confusion most of the time when something's not going his way. But yeah, they 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 fight, and that's that's more than you can say for the Broncos, who I would guess are going to fire their coach. Um, this sort of collapse is pretty. I mean, even <laughs> even Elway is saying he's been embarrassed. 
Um, so I, I can't imagine they're going to keep that team together much. The the quarterback thing, it's like, Who's yeah, <laughs> doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I mean, it's they're all, they're all terrible. Like, uh, you know, the the whole collusion <laughs> thing. Whoop! Another guest, another guest trying to bark his way out of the podcast. Um, the whole collusion thing is just it's like the Kaepernick argument. He should, he should just point to the Broncos and just be like, look at this. Look who they're running out there, and and you tell me I can't do better than that. Like it's it's incomprehensible, um, that this is like the level of quarterbacking play that that you can put put on the field every week. Yeah, bury that team. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm off. I'm off. So, all right. Well, that was a that was. I was off weeks ago. I feel pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You're early early off the train for that one, but yeah, yeah they've they've quit. Riding Royce, like don't. Don't bet the Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are certain teams that I think, even as as someone who loves betting dogs, that I think yeah, when once a team has has truly given up, it's time to time to jump off the bandwagon. Broncos are one of those teams. Um, I think the Cowboys are there. I think last week was a dead cat bounce, but Cleveland, I feel like I've been on week after week, and they they're right there, and then they just they find ways, and it's. Man, it's frustrating with with some of these teams to continually back them. Um, Last week's line was hilarious, though. Like their Chargers line, fourteen and a half, something crazy. Yeah, Chargers can't lay that many points. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's remarkable some of the lines that have gotten covered. I mean, yeah, that one uh, that was a yeah. It's it's been pretty ridiculous for sure. Any other thoughts on games here? Should we take a look at futures? I will say that uh, my game that I chose um, is most likely going to decide home field advantage um, for the NFC. So whoever comes out That's on a really good game. Um, is probably going to shift your futures. No, no, no faith in the Vikings. Uh, well, I'm just more like as a home field advantage and everything. Um, if the Eagles cinch that up, they'll their probably future line might bump up a couple hundred points. Hmm. Yeah, so right now, let's see, let's take a look. As we go into the futures, we'll take a look at the playoff standings. So right now we've got an AFC. Steelers have the one seed based on win percentage in common games. Uh, but of course, those teams will play each other, so that'll really be the decider there. So Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, New England, Tennessee, Chiefs, Jags, Ravens. Um, what do you guys think about the Titans? They... Tied with the Jags right now, but very, very inconsistent team. Um, still have a few tough games left. Cardinals, Niners, Rams, and then, of course, the Jags. I guess that probably is going to kind of come down to that Week 17 game. Yeah. They don't put teams away. Like, they don't close out games strong, so it's really hard to have confidence that they can finish not only a game, but a season. Um, I think they should have lost last week to the Texans. That was really oh, yeah. very unlucky. Um, for the Texans, they had that weird field goal, um, like 28-yard field goal, go wide of the net. I mean, it's pretty yeah. incredible. Um, Let's just all agree to get rid of kicking. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm in. But you're killing off all the commercial breaks that the kicking provides. So. Yes, the three in between, the extra point, the kickoff, the kickoff. That's like, what the fuck? Why don't we just skip that and go right to the 20 yard line? Never mind the uh, 
the inevitable icing the kicker timeouts that people are still taking. Um, it's pretty, pretty funny. Speaking of, I mean the the Steelers uh, Bengals game where Marvin Lewis was calling timeouts, even though he had like the game was already over. (laughs) What what was he doing? Like he he was like it wasn't in his his power to decide when Pittsburgh was gonna finally call their last timeout, but he just kept calling them. These guys are robots, man. They just go in autopilot mode. It's uh, it's tough to watch. I mean. We kind of talked about it a little bit on um, during the game, but uh, like when they had the 11 seconds left in the half and they pass interfered for a 38-yard penalty, it's like all you have to do is just, if you just hold all the receivers at the line, they call five-yard holding, they kill the 11 seconds, and you get one play from you know 50 yards away to try to score versus you get the 38-yard penalty and you get the easy field goal. Like, that's... I just think, um, so like uh, that guy who totally jumped the line, uh, in the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, like, uh, Gruden got all heated about it. Like, you just made it a 38-yard field. Like, the difference between a 43 and 38 is, like, not... That's negligible. But, like, you getting that split-second, like, chance... Like, he totally was going to block that kick. If he had timed it just a little bit better, they're still playing the football game. So, the difference between five yards on a field goal... Like, if you're making, like, a 56, a 50-yarder, then we're talking. But, like... 40 yarders, like, that's, it's not coming down to the leg. It's coming down to the accuracy. So, uh, I don't know. I would rather have, yeah, Cam Chancellor trying to jump over the center, like, 15 times in a row than the deciding it's a chip shot or not. I'm with you. I mean, that's that's always bothered me on, like, the, well, you know, first and goal from the one with no time left or something like that where they just, they don't just go off sides every time, try to time the time the snap and just <laughs> just lay the guy out. Like what do you have to lose? It just that's the thing is like these coaches they they're more concerned about like not looking stupid than what the actual like smart play is cuz yeah, the penalty stuff like it's so obvious. Like no reason to ever have a, you know, 30 plus yard pass interference when you can just defensive holding and get kill the clock. Like that's guaranteed. They're not they're not going to score from 50 out, you know, 68 yard field goal or whatever it's going to be. Um but uh that's why they have good coaches and that's why they have bad coaches. So let's look quickly at the uh, the NFL futures. Dolphins plus fifty thousand uh, to win the Super Bowl. Cardinals same plus fifty thousand. No, we'll go the other way. Um, so Pats plus two forty. Steelers plus four fifty. Eagles plus six twenty five. Vikings plus eight fifty. And that is a team that I think could get home field throughout. Um, yeah, they have some real dog teams. It's uh, Panthers. Unless the Pan- at the Panthers lose, then it's yeah Bengals, Packers, Bears. So. They're going to win outright if, if uh, they can get past the uh, Carolina. Um, so, yeah, they may actually have their home field advantage. Yeah, big number there. Um, and you figure, you know, when we say how important home field is, when you're a home field advantage team and you have, you know, probably what's looking like at least a 12 or 13 win season on the Vikings, you're going to be a favorite in every one of those games. So if you can get plus value on one of these teams, that's a that's a, a good place to look. Um I think I'm done with the Falcons and I'm done with the Panthers and I don't see the Chargers. How about you guys? Yeah, my money is in on uh, the Rams and the Chargers. So, what what in, uh what number did you get Chargers, the, uh, really? The, well, 5 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> win the division or win the Super Bowl? To win the Super Bowl. 
And <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like hoping to get four dollars back. Really <laughs> Uh, yeah, what did you get the the pats at? Let's... So yeah, so I have the pats at two seventy five. Um, not much movement. There. Yeah, not not too big a difference. I mean, two seventy five versus two forty is not bad, but uh, yeah, I think you know considering all I had to do last week was beat Buffalo to move it down. That's it was a good. It's a good number. The Steelers number has moved. I got that at six hundred, and that's now down to four fifty. Nice. Um, so feel it feels good. Rams, I got at fourteen. Now it's at twelve. So. We're getting in early on a few of these. I think Vikings is probably where we buy some stock this week, um, given that potential for home field. And, I mean, if you think about the teams that have, uh, you know, some of these teams have been playing each other, these top teams in the NFC, and they're the ones who've shown the best. They've had the best showing, right? I mean, they beat the Rams. That, that's a big win. They beat the Falcons. Um, you know, they've done, they've done what they've needed to do. And if you look through their thing, they beat the Saints. Like, this is a, this is a team that's passed the test consistently. Um, they did they lose the game to the Steelers, but that's no, you know no shame in that. Um, and that was of course early on when Keenum was getting comfortable. So I might be. Uh, I think that's that's my value pick of the week there. Vikings plus eight fifty. Fair, totally fair. I think yeah. Uh, my my opinion still still lies. Their defense is incredible. Um, their offense is it's like a Alex Smith kind of offense. Like they're not gonna make mistakes. They're not going to, you know, they're also not going to have 80-yard touchdown drives. Um, but they're going to put themselves in good position to win games. And just shutting down, you know, relatively good offenses is uh, pretty much all you got to do against, you know, the rest of the NFC. I was, I was really impressed by Latavius Murray. Um, I think Raiders have to be kicking themselves over, you know, not keeping this guy and going for Lynch because he, he looked like a real monster the other day. That's a pretty good one-two punch, him and uh, Jura McKinnon. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we've done it. We've done our duty. Um, you want to do a quick movie recap? As uh, we, were, we were talking about a, a couple of movies we've seen lately. And uh, Roy, you saw Thor finally, and you had positive reviews. Yeah. Enjoyed it. Really fun. Funny. Entertaining. Engaging. Thumbs up. All right. Yeah, uh, I have, uh... I've now subscribed to Redbox or whatever over the like the Thanksgiving break. They had like a bunch of free movie passes, so I've seen like a ton of movies recently. The one I just saw tonight was uh, Logan Lucky. Um, it's by Steven Soderbergh, the guy who did like all the Ocean's Eleven movies. So if you kind of like that kind of uh, you know a big cast uh, in a heist setting then you'll probably like that movie. Hmm. Haven't heard of it. Logan Lucky? Yeah, it's interesting. It uh, didn't do too well at the box office. Um, I Yeah, I I also have my ear ear to the, the ground with movies, but I, I had missed this one. Um, it's got Daniel Craig, um, who else is in it? Channing Tatum, Katie Holmes, the guy from Girls. Oh, Adam, uh, Adam Driver. The, the guy from Girls? He's still the guy from Girls for you? You were so memorable on that show. Yeah. <laughs> the guy's a Star Wars character. Once a Star Wars character, always a Star Wars character. Yeah, it's Kylo, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was fun. It's, uh, you know, two hours, never think of it again, but it was worth my time. Hmm. Yeah, I saw. Uh, we just saw Coco tonight, and uh, amazing. I think it's, it's really incredible how Disney, they just hit the note every time, and this was... 
It was a real uh, heart tugs at your heartstrings kind of movie, uh, but very, you know, great in a classic Disney Pixar film kind of way. Like amazing story, really. Uh, you know, it's funny the the animation is just so. It's obviously not realistic, but it's like it's so remarkably uh, it so remarkably captures the emotions of the characters that you can't help but be pull, pulled into it. Um, so I highly recommend that uh, to anybody. Anybody really? I mean, any kids, kids or adults alike. I don't, I don't know how you could come out of that not liking it. So, I'm in on Coco, and uh, we'll look forward to. I think we've got some catch up to do um, once you get your movie pass on. Uh, and by the way, Roy, did you grab one of those movie pass? I've, no, not yet. Yeah, so not not a sponsor of the show yet, but uh, yeah, big big on the movie pass, the unlimited movies uh, for a flat rate. I think uh, if you are someone who likes movies, definitely. I know, I, I know, I'll get my money's worth. Um, you really only have to see you know one one movie every six to eight weeks to even just break even and you know there's so many movies out these days and um it's a it's a it's a great deal so yeah but if one I wanted to go see Justice League still uh, kind of got mixed reviews on that one uh, we've got Star Wars coming up in a couple weeks so good good holiday movie season uh, we'll have some more things to talk about yeah and uh, downsizing looks pretty good with Matt Damon hmm yeah. I actually heard it's bad, but it has like a pretty cool uh, premise. It was yeah. at uh, Sundance, I think, this year. Okay. Well, when you yeah. when when it doesn't cost yeah. you anything, it's, uh, there are a couple yeah, other right. recommendations. There's a. Uh, do you guys like The Fifth Element? Of course. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, there was this movie that came out. It was called Valerian with two no-name actors or whatever. Hmm. Yeah. The highest budget of a European finance movie it was like 275 million. It's very similar story to your your uh your john carter movie where <laughs> it, it basically got bad reviews because it had such a high budget um it's by the same director who did fifth element and it's almost has the same kind of uh spirit uh very uh technicolor kind of funky um but yeah i recommend that movie it's pretty pretty cool um then i saw another one of those like uh Award hopeful movies, Wind River with uh, Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen. It's by the director who did Sicario. And hmm. I forget what other movie he did. It's in the same vein. It's very like gritty. Um, it's set in Wyoming. Um, it's a you know homicide investigation. But what, what was that one called again? Sorry. Wind River. Wind River. All right. I always saw the Hitman's Bodyguard with Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson. How was that? That's uh, that's more like a comedy romp, like uh, you know, guns are going off, but the two main actors are making jokes during the the whole time. Kind yeah, of I, I saw the trailer. It looked like a you know popcorn movie. Yeah, it was it was fun. <laughs> you you watch it once. It's like a. I mean, if you like. Kingsman thing, yeah, just like that kind of comedy. It's like there's action, you know, there's good stars in it. Pretty fun. Hmm. All right, nice. good stuff. Well, thanks, uh, thanks to everyone who's downloaded and listened, and thanks to you guys as always. Um, we'll do it again next week. All right, see you later, guys. Our new iTunes audience, love you guys. That's right, that's right. So if you are listening, uh, we are now in the iTunes podcast store. Uh, you can look for it. Um, the Roughed Up Podcast, and you'll get us. And we love any reviews. Uh, you can always email us, tweet us. Um, I guess the easiest place is to, you can tweet me at, at Wes Yee. Um, 
Matt, I know you're on Twitter, but I I can never say your account name. So don't read this backwards. Yeah, Roy, are you on Twitter? Are you a Twitter guy? No, never. All right, no, so then they they'll uh, we'll we'll hand out your email personally. <laughs> Send me smoke signals out in the booth. Yeah. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Well, thanks again, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Yeah, Sweet, thanks.